There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. People were pulled over on the side of the road. If you've ever seen the movie Independence Day, where people are coming out to their porches, they're they're pulling over their cars. It really reminded me of that. Hmm. Yeah, nobody had uh, Chicom spy balloon on their bingo car. Uh, it's true. Welcome to Pod Save America. I'm John Favreau. I'm John Lovett. I'm Tommy Vitor. On today's show, Dark Brandon obliterates Beijing's big balloon ahead of his State of the Union address. He's leaning right into it, huh? <laughs> And outgoing White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain joins to talk about the speech, U.S.-China relations, and reflect on his tenure in the Biden administration. But first, we're officially in the phase of the George Santos news cycle where it's time to make some merch. As you know, merch usually comes right after the ex-boyfriend talks to the media phase. So the Crooked Store now has mugs and tees for a few venerable institutions that George Santos did not claim to found but it's only a matter of time until he does. The George Santos Center for Middle East Peace and Bird Rescue? <laughs> uh, that's just a good idea. He should lie about founding that. This is the first time learning of all this. Me too, life. me too, as I'm reading it. By the time this episode comes out, maybe he has. <laughs> Check out all three designs at crooked.com slash store. That seems like it was written by either Hallie or Lazarus. Oh, let's not name names here. <laughs> You're just going to offend somebody. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's, those are just compliments. Uh, someone excellent, else wants to take credit jokes. for it. excellent jokes. They're great. They're great jokes. That's why it was very funny. Uh, all right, let's get to the news. President Biden is set to deliver the State of the Union on Tuesday night under the enormous shadow of a Chinese balloon that has really sucked up all the oxygen in the media and political world. You're doing it. The U.S. military first spotted the unmanned surveillance blimp over Alaska about a week ago, and Biden gave orders to shoot it down once it was safe which took place over South Carolina on Saturday after the balloon drifted slowly across the United States. Secretary of State Tony Blinken also indefinitely postponed his trip to Beijing over this incident, though none of this was good enough for Republican politicians and some pundits who promptly lost their minds. Did that balloon take off from Wuhan? How about COVID-22, 23, whatever year it is? If they know Joe freezes at the first sight of a balloon, the next balloon might be filled with another virus. Pop! Droplets all over. We're all on ventilators again. Did it drop and disperse surveillance products powered by solar energy to allow unlimited surveillance? We had plenty of capacity to, to scoop that balloon out of the air. We used to do it all the time. Whoever is working with the Chinese government to sell our farmland near our bases, I don't know if those are investment firms, real estate agents, I don't know who's providing cover for the Communist Party and Chinese. Um, that's treasonous. I have another question. Why haven't we shot this balloon out of the sky? Oh, Joe Biden is the president. Or how about you ram it with the Goodyear blimp? The only reason they shot it down is because it made it into the news well, and they felt forced to as a matter of politics rather than national security. Uh, since the Chinese are telling us it's a weather balloon, I'm almost thinking it's a weather balloon. I almost think it's a double bluff from China. This goes back to Chinese subterfuge for centuries. Double bluff. I, I do love the Ted Cruz one because he's like, yeah, he shot the balloon down, but his heart wasn't in it. 
<laughs> I like, is that thing Newt Gingrich? Like, we used to scoop, we used to scoop balloons what is he, all the what time. What was that? When did we scoop When are we scoop scooping? Balloons? I think, is he, t- is he talking about the Skyhook from Dark Knight? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean. I just want to, can I just put a pin in this balloon yeah, for please. a second? <laughs> get it out. Get out of your system. <laughs> Look, obviously Republicans have tried to overinflate this story. Uh, and the media has been pumping it up too. But even so, I'm surprised by how much lift it's had. Day after day of hot air. Are these the the uh, famed notes that you took for this episode? Yeah, that's part of it. That's the top of that's right there. Love its notes are uh, balloon jokes and uh, the words Joe Biden. (laughs) You wrote down. I underlined. (laughs) So, Tommy, before we get into um, some of the more hysterical reactions, uh, can you walk us through what else we know about this balloon so far? And, uh, and why the Biden administration is taking it so seriously. Tony Blinken did did cancel his trip. Tony did. Now. I think he might have just wanted his weekend back. What do you think? I think he wanted to, yeah, he wanted Tony's to consume a all the balloon He's coverage. Got small kids. He wanted yeah. to make sure he could see all those memes. Tony, see yuck it, yuck it up. So this is one of, it sounds like this is one of several Chinese spy balloons that have come into U.S. airspace or been released. There's, a, there's one in Latin America right now. Mm. There's balloons partying all over the place. All Chinese the place. balloons are all over the world. Now, my firsthand knowledge of uh, spy stuff stopped in 2013. So I'm working with like an iPhone 5 worth of technology. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so yeah. like take it with a grain of salt. Uh, presumably this thing is loaded up with uh, high resolution cameras, signals, intelligence, collection stuff. So we, not shaving cream. So not shaving cream. <laughs> we know that it went over a bunch of sensitive military installations, including uh, nuclear missile launch sites in Montana. So, you know, stuff you don't want photographed by the Chinese government. It is generally not acceptable to just fly into someone's airspace. There's a principled reason, but there's also the practical reason, like what if this balloon deflated and then it was in the flight path of a jet? That'd be very, very bad, right? So a lot of reasons to be mad about this. It's not clear to me what this balloon can do that a Chinese satellite, spy satellite, isn't already doing. That's sort of what I don't get in the big freak out. I read some weird DOD paper on this. You can definitely get much higher quality photos and videos from cameras at lower altitudes. Balloons can loiter over these sites for a lot longer and collect more intelligence. I think you can do a better job of collecting radio signals and other signals. But again, I'm not sure that that volume of collection and intelligence makes it worth this kind of embarrassing diplomatic dust up because the Chinese wanted Tony to go to Beijing for this trip. They've been trying to lower the temperature and this incident puts that effort on pause. What do you think? Like, There's been some speculation that Maybe the maybe the reason that they sent this, but so it, you sound so ridiculous. Sent this balloon uh, is that there's some sort of group of people that are we're actually trying to get this yeah. trip canceled. I mean, I guess the question I have is like, how much can you really control how fast the balloon moves? Because what it seems to do is there's an algorithm in there that controls the altitude and it catches prevailing winds, which make it go to different directions. But that doesn't mean you can put on cruise control and say like, hey. Tesla, go 55, no, get no, me there by This Tuesday. is not a remote. No one's sitting there with the remote control, like speed up, slow down. I mean, maybe they maybe, are, but yeah. I think that happens by just adjusting your heights and catching different yeah. jet streams. But so, so the. It's not like so a motor. They did go on quite a tour, went Alaska, went down the coast. Absolutely. It definitely went on a, Montana. A, a purposeful route, it seems. It's Dude, hard St. to St. Louis that. Arch. Yeah. <laughs> so it was 60, about 60,000 feet above uh, into the sky, right? That's the yeah. altitude for yeah. this thing. You were mentioning Chinese spy satellites that are already in lower altitudes and in, in space and um so basically this is just getting a clearer picture <laughs> just maybe just I a mean, sharper image like hd <laughs> yeah i mean you can get a lot better pictures i don't know who knows what they were looking for i think the fact that uh we waited to shoot the thing down and now we're gonna go through it inch by inch and figure out what it was collecting and what its capabilities are we'll have a lot more information on this and levitt you when you were talking about the speculation 
that some people were trying to uh, ruin this visit by Blinken. That's referring to there's some some speculation that the Chinese military or sources within China or different or right, there's some dissensus within the Chinese some, government. Right. So that some maybe, people want the visit. Some people don't. Right. That maybe President Xi somehow didn't know that this was happening. I find that you very find hard, hard to believe. That's what I was. Uh, Xi Jinping rules with an iron fist. He has since 2012. Just recently, he uh, moved out a lot of other potential power centers from the the Politburo and put in his own guys. I think if someone in the military or the intel world tried to mess with him and mess up the Blinken trip and cause a controversy that he wasn't dictating the terms of, uh, Xi Jinping would throw them in jail for a long time. Do you think it's possible that this is the result of um, what happens many times in our own government, which is just someone fucked up? Yeah, that's my, that would be my guess, yeah. Someone fucked up didn't didn't or just did, didn't think it would be didn't noticed. intend to sabotage yeah. Blinken's visit. Yeah, did not did not did not plan for a situation in which Joe Biden would do to that balloon what a windy Thursday did to the Cat in the Hat, the nineteen ninety seven Macy's Parade. <laughs> oh man! Wow, that was a tough um, one. And as, as one of you, I think, mentioned the Pentagon acknowledged for the first time that they've previously seen similar balloons from China three times during the Trump administration, at least once during the Biden administration. What's different about this latest? incident. So there's just a report that NORAD said publicly that they failed to detect the previous balloon incursions. And they learned after the fact from- I think we should call them ballooning's. Ballooning's. We've been ballooned. <laughs> Drive-by ballooning's. Uh, <laughs> and they were notified of them after the fact by the intelligence community. I don't know if that means they were notified about what had happened in real time, or if you figured out sort of the signature of this balloon based on the last week's events, and then looked back in some old data and figured out all these things that had happened. It's it's not really clear. It sounds like the previous balloons kind of peaked into U.S. airspace and then left it. This one obviously flew went a little into tour. Alaska. This one, this, one tour. this one extended its trip. Well, no, yeah, had a long. You know what? I'm having so much trip. fun, and like honestly, I'll just I'm gonna I'm gonna stick. Is that crazy? Should I stay a couple <laughs> more days? I never do that, but I mean, I'm feeling spontaneous. I mean, should we go to Times Square? <laughs> I mean, we're like here. I love, like I mean, we're in Montana. We've already, we're already. I mean, the hardest part is crossing over. We're here. <laughs> the, the Pentagon said five Chinese balloons have circumnavigated the globe, and they've done. The China has conducted twenty to thirty balloon missions globally over the past decade. Look, look. Here's the here's the other thing too. This is all about trends, uh, and what's hot right now is <laughs> 1930s politics. It's all about right. it's all about dirigibles and fascism, and that's like that's just like super in oh right gosh. now, and sort of looser suits. And the kind of haircuts. bigger suits. Yeah. We're moving away from the kind of that's that's all. It's all coming back. It's all coming full circle. That's you right. guys are laughing, but <laughs> Republicans are angry. They're, they're, they're furious. furious. More like um, a Osama Bin Laden. He, he, folks, we've been hearing about <laughs> been this one all that, day. Man. I'm going to do it a couple times because I want to get the best one. <laughs> <laughs> the main criticism from Republicans seems to be that Biden didn't shoot down the balloon over Alaska the second that they detected it. Should have shot it down. Tommy, what's the best response to that? The best argument against shooting it down over land is uh, crashing 2,000 pounds of metal the size of a regional jetliner onto a human being. This is what the word balloon obscures yes. for like what the thing is, which I learned today as I was, <laughs> I was learning yeah. from re reading for, about this, is that, yeah, two to it was the same weight as two to three buses. So like that's yeah, a big I think balloon. People, I think people are picturing this isn't like a, a hot this air isn't balloon. A, this isn't a mylar thing. Like, like remember when, that, remember when that, that, there was that boy that was supposedly in the balloon, but uh -huh. it turns out it was just a stunt? People are picturing, I think, that scale of balloon. This is a big, this is a big balloon. The, the balloon itself is dangling below it, uh, two to three school bus long hunk of metal that's collecting all this information. 
And what, about Pentag- when they, what about when they saw it right over the coast of Alaska before it got to Alaska? Could you shoot it down then? I mean, I think they probably had to figure out what it was, what it was. going on. <laughs> before you just you start know, shooting into the air. Up. Also, <laughs> yeah. I read this somewhere the Pentagon modeled out options for how to deal with the balloon. And one of those options found that if you shoot a missile at the balloon and it tears it instead of exploding it, then the landing zone could have been several hundred square miles for where all that material lands. So I, I think the worst thing Joe Biden could have done is order a military operation that kills an American. You think so? Yeah. Can you imagine what Republicans would be saying then? <laughs> I yeah. just, imagine it, if it, yeah. And then there's some articles saying that by allowing this thing to transverse the U.S., we were able to, I don't know, cover up sensitive military sites. And again, everyone, these Minuteman two missile silos, they're they're dug into the ground in Montana. You know, there's 150 missile silos there. I'm sure that you can figure out something worse. Like there's things you don't want people to know about those, but everyone knows that they're there and satellites have been flying across them for, for decades. And so, also presumably they had some they had some notice that the balloon was coming. Yes. You know, I mean, if Joe Biden had shot it down over land, but it fell on a drag brunch, I think <laughs> it would have really scrambled their response. Jesus Christ. Gosh. I asked Ron about this. There have been some reports that we, the United States collected more intelligence about the Chinese balloon capability by watching it, by monitoring it, and maybe jamming its signals than they would have if they just immediately blown it up. I mean, I always say that- That feels um, true to me. Uh, Chinese surveillance balloons are more afraid of us than we are of them. You know, that's something that I've always said. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. This is so stupid. I can't. I can't. What are we the, uh, uh, one other thing, too, is that as, as silly as Newt Gingrich uh, was, uh, apparently, according to David Ignatius, the Pentagon did weigh whether it might be possible to partially deflate the balloon and capture it at lower altitude. But officials said no technology exists that would allow such a butterfly net capture operation. And shame on us. Shame on what's become of this country that we don't have a giant butterfly net you ready to Trump. catch these fucking balloons. <laughs> That'll I know. be Trump. That'll yeah. be Trump's thing. Well, you yeah. know, we're more similar than we'd like to admit. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I don't I don't often miss being in government. Being in the balloon capture or kill options meeting would have been sweet. So fun. And also just like I like it's the, that it's, uh, it's the it's the bin Laden the set room picture, except, except when you turn it around, there's just a big It's <laughs> the birthday party. <laughs> Hillary Clinton's like, Woo! <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the other thing too is like like we sent an F twenty two to kill this yeah. thing, and it's the first time the F twenty two has done a, a, a an in air kill, air like an actual air to air kill, and just like man, you know, there there are like I'm sure it's quite stressful, but you're really not at great risk from no. the balloon fighting back, no. and so you just like go up there, shoot a hole in that fucking balloon. That has got to be a satisfying that, day. That is a good day at that work. Pilot is the king of that Air Force base right now. They're the best time. Yeah. That's a cool. That's a cool day. That's a cool day. The day you shot down the Chinese spy balloon. And the real threat is uh, our ballooning national debt. Oh, oh, there it is. No, I think there that'll be is. a real takeaway. There it All is. right. Well, at so... a time when the country's mood is far from buoyant. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Playbook's Monday morning headline. This is so speaking good. Of, speaking this of is enraging, wild was uh, China deflates Biden's so to swagger. Should he resign during the speech? Do you guys think because of this? Love it. You start. I, I think he's. I uh, think yeah, he's I mean, it. obviously, but 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 it, but assuming he doesn't, I, he shot down the balloon. I like feel like I'm losing my mind. But like it was too late. He it was shot too down late. the balloon. It, too, it knows everything about us already. <laughs> 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 like, like, either like yeah, I, I honestly think like is the it balloons just, got all your nudes? Like, do you think the balloons got my nudes? Uh, <laughs> just overhead nudes. 
It's like, uh, <laughs> then the nuke secrets. It's, the like, nu- it's got the nuclear codes <laughs> and everything else. Your nudes and Too your late. Codes. Biden, but, Biden, Biden dithered. But it's, uh, it's like, really, like, like, hey, I know you all did your final takes before the weekend on Friday, and he made the idiotic mistake of shooting the thing down on a Saturday, but he shot down the fucking bullet. It's shot. I know. I know. So it, then he did what you wanted. I mean, I asked, I asked Ron about this headline, so everyone get excited for his take on We basically made him play uh, one shot take appreciators on this. Nice. Did he give the playbook headline a full playbook? He did not love it. Uh, I'll, I'll say, let him speak for himself on this. I mean, just a little bit of context here. I mean, the thing that's so dumb about this is, like, no matter what happens, right, Republicans are going to spin it as a negative for Joe Biden. It's just so silly that we take those claims seriously. In 2001, uh, a U.S. spy plane was flying off the coast of China. It actually collided with a Chinese fighter jet. They they had to make a crash landing. They landed some island. George Bush had to write an apology letter to the Chinese government to get them to release 24 airmen and get them home. And as far as I can tell, both countries continue to exist. You know, we're all doing okay here. Like we we treat these things like they're this like uh, this life ending event, or it's just it's absurd. The hyperbole is absurd. Also, just from a purely political perspective here. Most people who heard about this incident in the country heard that we shot it down, that Biden shot it down. And more people will hear about Biden's explanation of the incident when he addresses it in the State of the Union than they will hear Republican criticism about the incident. I just, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> they will are... also probably hear during the State of the Union uh, more about issues they care about, yeah, probably more than the balloon. If there is such an issue, I can't think of one. But, <laughs> but I will, yes, I do not believe in a year or even two weeks, we will, that the, a key argument Republicans will be making is Joe Biden didn't shoot the Chinese balloon fast enough. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree. don't think. Yeah, I don't think they're thinking ahead though. On a more serious note, how do you think this incident affects Biden's domestic politics on China, where there seems to be a, a bipartisan competition over who can be toughest on China? I am very worried about this, and I think it's worth just setting the context here, which is that Joe Biden has been extremely tough on China. We, the United States banned the export of semiconductors and semiconductor making equipment. That is a huge deal. Ever heard of the CHIPS Act? And huh? could have enormous implications in terms of their ability to develop new tech. The CHIPS Act, the IRA, the the giant climate bill, like that's this sort of like nationalist, one I support, effort to make the U.S. the leading uh, maker of clean energy technology. Uh, we gave nuclear subtech to the Australians. We're expanding military alliances in places like the Philippines and Japan. Joe Biden has repeatedly said that the U.S. would defend Taiwan militarily if China invades. That is, to be clear, not the U.S. position. Mm. So there are real reasons to be worried about the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese government under Xi Jinping. I'm not belittling that or diminishing it at all. But it's very worrisome to see this like red scare thing happening in Washington. It's a race to the bottom to see who can be more hawkish and jingoistic. And we just psych ourselves out as a nation. It's, It's like like... It's a balloon. <laughs> but the language is so psychological. It's like, I, we're humiliated. Well, yeah, we it's all weak. very much. It's all very much yeah, about. Like, and we're this, the ones who say we're humiliated. Right? But, That's the thing. It's like, is, what, what are we doing? Well, it's also like, okay. So well, it's also, it's yes, it is. It becomes that like the sending of the balloon is a test of what, what will happen in the future when they send something far more dangerous. And what did China learn about America from our failure to shoot down the balloon within right. minutes? The Chinese, the Chinese send a balloon over here. We all go crazy. 
It's, I mean, real, it's a real monsters are due on Maple Street. We just, yeah, we just, what, what it yeah, is. it's not, yeah. Look, look, look for the Chinese spy balloon in our fucking hearts. <laughs> I, I, I would, I would look to the hundred billion that Joe Biden and the United States just gave to the Ukrainians to defend themselves against a Russian invasion. Maybe that's more telling. But like, you, you see the Mike Pompeo's of the world posting themselves, pointing guns into the sky, like mock shooting the thing. That is like it radiates small dick energy as his... a nation and as individuals. Well, it is so in case, embarrassing. Perhaps he gave an inch. Did you read his Fox News op-ed where yes. he, he did atta- also attack the Biden administration for inviting TikTok influencers to the White House yes. when TikTok is possibly controlled he, by the spy balloon on our phones? He, Mike Pompeo <laughs> attacked Joe Biden for withdrawing from Afghanistan when Mike Pompeo himself personally negotiated the deal with the Taliban. Like none of this is on the level. It's very stupid. But the reason I worry about this is I think the media gets pulled into these conversations. The conflict gets played up, the humiliation language, the demands to take military action. Like there were not a lot of voices on cable over the weekend being like, what if we all chilled out? And what if we all remembered that we spy on the Chinese all the time? All day, every day. They're, they you know spy that's, on us. That's this why you come a, to Pod Save America. This one's yeah. just Those visible. That's right. right there here. are yeah, satellites. <laughs> Chinese satellites are flying over the United States. American satellites are flying over China. Just look at the Snowden documents. I mean, there's a lot out there. You do know. you think that um, this was their... Do you think they sent their newest balloon? Or do you think they had a feeling this thing might end up in the ocean? They sent okay. kind of like a... You know, a balloon they didn't mind old losing, <laughs> an old balloon. Well, here's my question. Why not, why not paint the balloon blue? Then he can't see the thing. Wow, holy mm. shit. Don't tell them. 99 red scare balloons? Nice. Is that something? That's pretty nice. good. I'll that's take something. that one. Nice. That actually worked. <laughs> um, I think that's all. I think that's it. That's, that's everything a lot for of the balloon. balloon. That's 24 uh, minutes of balloon. These Republicans I, are treating it like Osama balloon laden. I, <laughs> I just want you guys to know the, the, the whole balloon thing started. First, it was some jokes. I was like, oh, I can't wait to listen to this on Pod Save the World this week. Then it just, it, it, it ballooned <laughs> to yeah. something bigger. Yep. So then I'm like, oh no, this is this is hitting Pod Save America. This is this is now the biggest news story in the fucking country yeah. as of today. I saw the it's coverage cr- and I said to myself, oh, it. the humanity. <laughs> it's just that's a, that's a reference to uh, what is that? Uh, oh, the humanity. It's a, that's what they said when uh, what the what Hindenburg? Hindenburg went uh, went down. Oh, there you go. So, I was waiting for a Hindenburg reference. I think there's a rigid rigid airship. Okay, when that we come was a bad one. <laughs> when we one. come back. Tommy will talk to Ron Klain, outgoing White House Chief of Staff, all about this and more. A little bit of balloon, yeah. Yeah. We get some, yeah, more balloon coverage coming up <laughs> right after the break. <laughs> Thanks, Wolf. <laughs> we are hypocrites. Yeah, no, we're good. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high-coverage foundation. More popular than soft-launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. Hey, pet parents, are you searching for the perfect place for your dog to play? Check out Camp Bow Wow. Our safe and supervised doggy daycare and boarding ensures your pup gets the socialization they crave while giving you peace of mind. With our certified staff and clean and spacious facilities, your dog will have a blast making friends and staying active. Join the Camp Bow Wow Pack today. Your first day is free. Visit us at CampBowWow.com. Franchise opportunities available. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
how do you cope when there's something weighing on you or something you need to get off your chest? You know the best way to do it? Best way to cope is to talk about it. Not just cram it down, not do what generations of New Englanders have done, just stuff their feelings down, maybe cover it with a coat of booze. No, you got to talk to someone, you got to work it out, get it off your chest. And just by doing that, you will feel better. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash PSA. Go today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash PSA. I am thrilled to be joined by President Biden's outgoing chief of staff, Ron Klain. Uh, Ron, I was reading a lot of the coverage about you. I was blown away when I read that you started working for President Biden when you were 28 years old. You are at least 35 now. So that is a hell of a run. Uh, I just wanted to start by saying, you know, congrats on the job well done as chief of staff and, uh, you know, uh, an amazing two years. Uh, thanks, Tom. It's been a wild ride, 36 years uh, off and on with Joe Biden. And uh, uh, here at the White House, we just have the most amazing team. It's very hard to say goodbye, uh, but uh, I think it's time to pass this along to somebody else. Yeah, well, it's not, I think it's hard to, you know, explain to people who haven't had your job or worked in the, in that building how close you get. Uh, you know, it's yeah. the sort of shared uh, foxhole feeling, the shared sacrifice. So, uh, again, congrats to you and the team. So, Ron, the headline of Politico Playbook this morning was China deflates Biden's so-to swagger. just wanted to start there and, and see where that ranks among the most absurd headlines that you guys have dealt with during your tenure as chief of staff. You got a ranking for us? Uh, I'd say, uh, you know, I hesitate to rank these things, but I'd say it's uh, definitely in the top 10 stupid headlines of the Biden presidency. Uh, you know, Joe Biden's swagger, if you will, uh, in the State of the Union comes from the fact that when he took office, this country was closed, our schools were closed, our economy was closed, 3,000 people a day were dying from COVID, uh, we had left the Paris agreements, we had uh, broken our alliances around the world, and look where we are just two years later. Uh, record job creation, uh, the unemployment rate down more than half since he took office, the lowest in 50 years. Our schools are open, COVID deaths down 80%, COVID cases down 80%. Uh, we're back uh, leading globally on climate change. We're bringing 800,000 manufacturing jobs back to our shores. We're leading the world in clean energy. We've passed the most significant gun control bill uh, in 30 years. The list goes on and on and on. That's uh, where Joe Biden comes in to the State of the Union with swagger. Uh, and uh, I think, look, and as to this incident with the Chinese balloon, uh, you know, the president ordered the military to take it down when they could do so safely. They did. They're now recovering uh, the key elements of the uh, spying devices, whatever it was, surveillance devices. Uh, so, uh, you know, I think mission accomplished on the balloon there. And more importantly, a mission accomplished on a number of key domestic and global priorities. See, he, he took a question about political playbook and made a case for the reelection. That's how you become chief of staff, people. Uh, so obviously, you guys are taking this this spy balloon joyride very seriously. Planes were grounded. Tony Blinken indefinitely postponed his trip to China. You shot the thing down. Can you help us just cut through some of the hyperbole that we've seen over the weekend and just you know, help listeners understand how seriously they should take this incident or how much of this is 
great powers spy on each other a lot. That's just kind of how it is. Well, look, we take it seriously. China violated our airspace, uh, and that's something we can't accept. Uh, now, it did it three times under President Trump, and he either didn't know, didn't care, didn't understand, or whatever happened then. Uh, but uh, President Biden took it seriously. Uh, but we also take the security and safety of our own country very seriously. We weren't going to shoot something down from 60,000 feet and have it land on a church or a school or a hospital, even in the more rural parts of the country. So uh, I think we responded and handled this appropriately. Uh, look, our relationship with China is a very important relationship. It's one of competition. We seek it not to be one of confrontation. Uh, but there's no question there are great differences between our two countries. Uh, the president has spoken with President Xi from time to time over the course of his presidency. It didn't make sense for Secretary Blinken to go in the middle of this incident, uh, but we'll find a time uh, for his visit to get back on the books uh, and at an appropriate time. Uh, and we have important business to do with China. There's no question about that. Yeah. Last balloon question. I've seen some reports that suggested letting this thing uh, cross the U.S., and then shooting it down not only made made it safer to do so, but also let the U.S. gain more information and intelligence about the spy balloon's capabilities. Uh, is that accurate? It is. I have to be careful what we say here, but certainly we, uh, as the as our military commanders have already said, and we had a briefing today uh, from the commanding general of NORTHCOM, uh, it did allow us to collect intelligence on the balloon, on what the Chinese were doing. Uh, we were able to uh, gain a little more understanding about how the system operated. Uh, and what we think they were trying to do. So I think we did some intelligence gathering ourselves here, uh, and uh, I think it was helpful for the long run. And I just want everyone to know that you're probably listening to this. The the balloon's corpse is behind Ron, tacked against the wall. So it's just you know important visual. Um, so this we're talking on Monday afternoon. This will come out Tuesday morning. What should people expect to hear in in President Biden's State of the Union speech later tonight? Well, what they're going to hear, Tom, is a combination of, first of all, the progress we've made. I think it's important to remind the American people where we were, when we got started, and what's happened to get us to where we are. But even more importantly, they're going to hear his plan to go forward from here. Uh, look, we've made tremendous progress on the economy, but there's a lot of important left work left to do to bring inflation down further uh, and to make sure we're building that kind of bottom-up, middle-out economy that's so important to the president. We've made progress restoring our alliances around the world. We've been ma managing the largest land war in Europe since the end of World War II. Uh, but we have a lot of progress to make there, more work to do there to combat Russian aggression and to make sure uh, the Ukrainian people can be free. We have progress building a new clean energy economy uh, for the future that's going to create hundreds of thousands of jobs here in America, combat climate change, make our air cleaner, make our water, everything healthier here in the U.S. But... There's a lot of work left to do there to implement uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, other measures that we passed along the way. So, uh, and look, we've made even progress on health care. Uh, this is something we started when you and I worked together in the Obama administration with the Affordable Care Act. Since then, we've passed additional measures. More Americans have health insurance today than any time in American history. We capped the price of insulin for people on Medicare at $35. We need to take that cap and make it true for everyone in the country paying less than $35 on their insulin, bring down the cost of prescription drugs across the board. So you're going to hear the president update the country on the state of the union today, but also lay out his plans for how he can have an even better union a year or two years from now. Um, you know, as you know, you and I have been in politics, I think 
Um, every year, there's some article uh, the day after the State of the Union about ratings are down that tends to be entirely <laughs> uh, correlated to the number of people cutting the cord, right? Yeah. We're all watching on YouTube now, watching clips on Twitter. But the expectations around the State of the Union haven't changed. It's still this like massive event uh, in the year of a presidency. How are you guys thinking about the State of the Union in terms of the broader tapestry of President Biden's desire to or, or efforts to communicate with the American people about what you're doing? Well, Tom, you're absolutely right. Compared to five years, 10 years ago, certainly when I worked here for President Clinton compared to then, uh, the idea that this was like roadblock, prime time network viewing for every American, which was true 25 or 30 years ago, is not true anymore. Uh, but on the other hand, we have a lot of ways to push clips from the State of the Union, excerpts from the State of the Union to a wide range of people on our platforms, on other platforms. Uh, and so I think in the end, uh, virtually everyone sees some part of it in some way, mm -hmm. shape, or fashion. Uh, what we know is it's a night when a lot of people who don't otherwise tune into politics do tune in and do listen to what the president has to say. Uh, it's, an, it's an opportunity uh, for people to focus on uh, our messages and for us to get them across. So uh, it's not the kind of, and I think the other thing about it is it may be less impactful on one night than the State of the Union was 20 or 30 years ago, but it's probably more impactful across a range of time as people people pick up these clips on social, on uh, other forms of, of sharing and other platforms. So it's a big content generation night for us, uh, and we're looking forward to getting that message out. Absolutely. And presumably, I mean, parts of this speech will become you know, part of the, the campaign's re-election effort. There are some reports that you might leave the, the chief of staff job, take some time off, hopefully, uh, and then be a part of the president's re-election campaign. Is that accurate? Well, as I said at my farewell speech, I worked on Joe Biden's 1988 presidential campaign, on his 2008 presidential campaign, on his 2020 presidential campaign. And if he runs in 2024, and I expect that he will, I will find some way to be some part of that campaign too. Well, debate prep action, you're very good at that. Uh, well, I, if, if the president winds up uh, yeah, debating his opponent. You know, Donald Trump has said he's not going to debate this time. So we'll have to wait and see uh, how that goes. But, I, but I'll find some way to be helpful, I'm sure. Maybe stuffing envelopes, whatever it is. Uh, but whatever I can do to help uh, Joe Biden get reelected, I'm going to do. Yeah, I mean, the best the best debate prep with uh, Donald Trump is an N95 mask, as we learned, as we learned <laughs> yes, last indeed. time. Yes, indeed. Yes, uh, indeed. <laughs> I mean, outrageous. Chris Christie over the weekend taking more shots at him on that. Um, okay, so one challenge for President Biden uh, seems to be democratic enthusiasm. There was a Washington Post poll over the weekend that found 58% of Dems or Dem-leading independents want someone other than President Biden as the nominee. I think if you read those same 58% of Dems or Dem-leading independents, the list of policy accomplishments you just named, they would probably say, well, that sounds pretty good. I'm wondering why you think that delta exists between what you've gotten done and support for President Biden and maybe what they need to hear to bring those Democrats and independents home. Well, Tom, first of all, without getting into some a technical attack on the poll, I have a lot of doubts about sure. that poll this weekend, okay. uh, which showed that young voters preferred Donald Trump to Joe Biden, which has not been the performance of young voters at any single time, any time in the past three years. But look, I, I think if you want to ask about Democratic enthusiasm, we had a meeting of the Democratic National Committee on Friday in Philadelphia. And uh, that, that committee, which uh, consists of Democrats from all over the country and Democrats of all uh, shades of ideology in our party and all kinds of things, showed the overwhelming enthusiasm uh, that Democratic activists, Democratic leaders uh, have for the president. 
Uh, and I think that's what you're going to see across the board. I, I think that uh, if he runs, and as I said, I expect he will, I think mm -hmm. uh, he will have the overwhelming support of the Democratic Party, and I think he'll be reelected. So, look, we know that, um, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, there, there are challenges to being an incumbent uh, and challenges to having to get your message out in a certain way when you're the incumbent. Uh, but I'm quite confident that uh, uh, President Biden, if he runs, will wind up with the overwhelming support of the Democratic Party. Uh, and again, as I said, uh, United Party uh, taking on the Republicans uh, next year. Uh, you know, I've heard President Biden and, and you and members of the team talk a lot about President Trump and sort of the unique threat he posed to our democracy, maybe still poses. I haven't heard you guys talk as much about Ron DeSantis, who some people argue is really the front runner for the Republican nomination. Uh, do, do you have a view of Ron DeSantis and, and maybe what uh, a DeSantis candidacy or presidency would mean for the country? Well, look, I think, first of all, I think Donald Trump is the undisputed leader of the Republican Party. I understand they have some wish fulfillment exercise going on over there trying to avoid Donald Trump. But when yeah. uh, Kevin McCarthy couldn't get elected speaker, the phone call went out. It was Donald Trump. They got Kevin McCarthy elected speaker. Uh, and uh, you go down the line at every key moment for their party. Donald Trump is the person who decides. He decides who gets nominated. He decides who wins for them. He decides where their party goes. So I, I think they can pretend that they've solved their Trump problem, but I don't see really any evidence of that. Um, beyond that, you know, we'll just let the Republican Party politics play out as they may. Uh, and as I said, I think if the president runs, he will have overwhelming support from Democrats and independents. Look, I heard a lot of these same doubts about Joe Biden, his record, what he stood for before the 2022 midterms. I heard a lot of the same questions about polling numbers and all these kinds of things. What we mm -hmm. saw was, as you know, a historic result, the first president ever to get every senator in his own party reelected, uh, historically uh, low number of states given up in the House, actually gaining governorships, gaining state legislature seats. You saw what happened when, when you know Joe Biden brought his team and his talent and his message to the ballot box. And I think really that's what I look to when I assess uh, how he's going to do in 2024. It was a hell of a good midterm, uh, a lot better than 2010. You, you're about to leave the job. Uh, Jeff uh, Zion's going to take over. Just wonder if you could look back for a minute. I mean, you've been through some pretty historic moments. In particular, I just was wondering what it was like for you, someone who's in the PDB, who's reading intelligence constantly, at that moment when you guys realize, like, okay, Russia is actually going to do this. They're going to invade Ukraine. You're sort of sitting on this information. You're going home at night, like, trying to be normal over dinner with your wife or friends, knowing that this sort of catastrophic event is going to happen. Can you sort of take us back and, you know, just remember what that moment was? You know, Tom, it's interesting because, in fact, we weren't really sitting on it. We had sent the president out to say this was going to happen. We had called our European allies to say, hey, this is going to happen. And, of course, we'd had a lot of communications with President Zelensky and others yep. in Ukraine saying this was going to happen, far from kind of hiding the information. The rest oh, no, of the mean, people doubted it, you know? I mean, no, so people, people said, no it, way that'll we happen, were, yeah. We were telling anyone who would listen, hey, we need to get ready. The West needs to prepare for this. We need to get sanctions ready to go. And in the end, right, although there was skepticism of what we were saying, we were able to very quickly get the West lined up to impose these unprecedented sanctions on Russia. We were able to quickly get... Uh, key aid and assistance to the Ukrainians. Uh, and I think that, you know, the most amazing part of this was seeing the Ukrainians with their courage, with their guile, with their uh, flexibility, uh, with the weapons we provided and other Western allies provided, uh, hold off what, what was thought to be 
uh, the second largest military in the world, um, uh, to hold them off from taking their capital, which most of the experts thought would happen in two or three days, to hold off from the overrunning the country, which most of the experts thought would happen in two or three weeks. So just seeing that unfold day by day uh, was just an amazing thing and something I think all of us here are very proud of. Last question, because I know you have a, a busy day today. Is there a, is there a moment or, or an event or a foreign trip that you'll think back on as sort of your your favorite time in this White House that you want a, a story to tell? Yeah, you know, I think really the moment really was the month of August of 2022. It was a strange month here. Uh, the president had COVID for a solid chunk of the month. And uh, notwithstanding the fact that he had to work remotely and, and, uh, and uh, you know, work the phones, we were able to uh, get... Uh, the Inflation Reduction Act passed. We were able to uh, conduct a major successful anti-terrorism mission in Kabul. We were able to get the CHIPS Act passed, get the the uh, PACT Act passed to help our veterans. Uh, and so it was a, a time, a, a two or three week period of tremendous progress on the legislative front, on the national security front. Um, and it just was uh, just one of those periods where everything kind of clicked. And mm -hmm. uh, we really had an exceptional couple of weeks there. And that's I'll always remember that time as a as a what we call the season of substance, uh, time when we really got a lot of things done here, uh, and I hope uh, and I think a time when the things we got done are going to pay off benefits for years and years to come in terms of the economy we'll be building, the progress we're going to make at home and abroad. Uh, that was a really critical period. Every White House always tells the staff to take parts of August off thinking it's going to be slow, and it just never is. Never, never is. in history. August is the month when it all happens every single year. Don't travel in August, White House staff. Are you the only guy in the country who hasn't gotten COVID yet? I don't know, I don't know about that, but knock wood. Thanks for cursing me, Tom. I have, <laughs> sorry, not, gotten, I have not gotten COVID yet. And um, yeah, but again, if I do, I'll take Paxlovid. Uh, we've got a great medicines now. Uh, that's why if you look, uh, the people don't really appreciate the progress we've made on COVID. If you look at the charts and the graphs, you see in previous winters, Cases went up, hospitalizations went up, ICU admissions went up. This past winter, we've kept ICU admissions uh, very low because we have a treatment uh, that this administration purchased and is distributed widely that keeps people who get COVID from getting very sick. I'd also note that you're someone who, when I see you in public, you are wearing a mask. I do uh, mask. Religiously, and it seems like it does the work. Uh, Ron Klain, thank you so much for doing the show. Thanks for all your hard work uh, for President Biden, and uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the internet. Which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter, where every day feels like Saturday and French fries are a food group, where flip-flops are always in fashion and seafood is always in season, where the boardwalk is bustling and the beach is right outside your door, where you can rise with the tide and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland, somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Imagine a beautiful afternoon. The sun is shining and you get to enjoy it all because you just sat down on your John Deere mower. 
the smooth ride lets you escape into your yard. Intuitive controls make you feel like you're one with the machine. And with attachments for every season, you can enjoy it all year long. We could keep trying to put you in the moment, but to really understand what it's like to drive a John Deere mower, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. Before we go, let's talk a bit more about the State of the Union, every speechwriter's favorite set of remarks. Uh, we just heard Ron preview the speech in his interview with Tommy, uh, which will now include what I'm sure is a seamless insert about the Chinese balloon. Yeah. Uh, the speech is also a chance for Biden to can, make... Can you guys try to write that in real time? Much as we have to bring down inflation, we <laughs> yes. also have to bring down Chinese spy balloons. <laughs> well done. You nailed that. <laughs> That's it. Can't improve on that. Uh, the speech is also a chance for Biden to make his case for a second term ahead of an expected re-election announcement this spring. And there's a new Washington Post-ABC News poll that shows Donald Trump leading the president 48 to 45 percent in a potential rematch. Yikes. With around 60 percent of Americans saying they'd be dissatisfied or angry if either man returns to the White House. And there are plenty of other rough numbers in that poll for both Trump and Biden. No one speech can fix any of that. Not pretending it can. Uh, but if you're looking at polls like these in the White House, what are you hoping to get out of the State of the Union? Love it? Yeah, I think there's sort of two broad tasks, neither easy, one I think harder than the other. The first is to tout what I think is fair to call an incredibly successful two years, given the hand that President Biden was dealt. And he can point to bipartisan bills like gun safety, infrastructure, semiconductors, which we talked about, healthcare for veterans. He can also talk about the Inflation Reduction Act, and which has investments in clean energy. And he could talk about lower prescription drug costs. He could talk about uh, at least pushing for student debt relief and, and hoping it is held up. He can point to inflation coming down. He can point to a low unemployment rate. He has to do that at a time when the country is in a pretty bad mood, uh, deflated as you said, mm -hmm. in a part that we cut. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's fine. Um, it's fine. So he has to find a way to do that. But that is something I think every that's that was what we struggled with when President Obama was giving State of the Unions. How do you tout your accomplishments when people aren't really in a mood to hear them because they feel unhappy with the state of things? But I think it is important that he does that. And then the other big task is finding a way to speak to the desire for, for unity and bipartisanship, which is so central to the case Joe Biden makes for himself as a candidate, while also finding a way to paint Republicans as extreme. So that is, I think that's the slightly harder task to figure out how you talk about what you want to do with the Republicans uh, in Congress while still painting them with a, as radical and out of touch and why we need to elect more Democrats. I think it's important not to disparage all balloons mm -hmm. because angioplasty Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, um, uh, balloons balloons play a vital role uh, in children's parties. That's right. Uh -huh. Serious question: What do you guys think the balance is in this bad boy, the State of the Union, of foreign policy versus domestic? Given that you have to talk about Ukraine and you have to do the a balloon. bunch of balloon nonsense, uh, I'd still I'd still confine it to that one section. Yeah, as, as we must as, be strong. As at we must home, be strong at home. We have to also be strong abroad. Strong give abroad. us a percentage. I would. I think you got to do 25% because here's the thing. That's all I get. That's all you get. Here's, here's what, here's how off the top of my head, here's how I try to organize it. You got to do your accomplishments litany. You got to get through that fast. I know, I know they all want to, I think they're the accomplishment. I know they're going know. to, but they got to get yeah. through that fast because like Lovett said, people aren't feeling it in their own lives. And by just saying it, you're not going to set it there. No one's going to sit home in a dour mood and then be like, Oh, well he just actually told me that unemployment's low. Huh, I feel great. That's not going to happen. It's still good to do it. I'm yep, glad he should done. do it. I'm not Absolutely. saying he shouldn't. But I think you have to frame the accomplishments within the context of 
what else you're fighting to achieve and who's standing in your way, right? So yeah. I think you do the accomplishments. He's also going to have to do a big s- section on, or I'm guessing some section on the debt fight, uh, what's to come, yeah. right? Yeah. There's also McCarthy's so, previewing that. McCarthy's previewing that on Monday. And I would, and he I wants would, he wants yeah. to hit the economy, jobs, inflation, all that hard, right? That's going to be the crux of both his what he's talking about with the accomplishments and his policy prescription. And just on the debt, I do think it's like I think that that's a framing of. Like, you don't frame it as there for cutting spending. I think you would frame it as we can either work together or you can destroy the economy, <laughs> right? right? Like this is something where we shouldn't, we have to work together. Come work with me. Come get this done with me. This is something we have to do together. And then we just talked about accomplishments, economy, debt ceiling fight, Ukraine, China. And then somehow you got to do all the other issues that matter, <laughs> In like one section, <laughs> you know, like whether it's probably going to talk about immigration, Tyree Nichols family has been invited to the state union will go to talk yeah. about police reform. You want to talk about all these other issues, both uh, issues where he's made some progress and issues where he probably hopes to make progress. I'll probably mention student debt reform, right? Like all of this stuff he's got to he's got to put in there. And I also think that the challenge here is del- what basically what you want out of this speech is. It's a night's worth of free airtime for your message, your reelection message in front of a big audience and maybe 12 hours worth of good coverage afterwards. That's it. There's no more no more State of the Union coverage uh, goes for a week or a couple days anymore. Tonight was the, the night he became president. Tonight is the night he became cetera, president. Yeah. So you want your message to get out, which means that of all that litany of things that you have to put in the speech, you also need some kind of theme to emerge from the speech. And for him, if he's, as expected, going to run free election... Um, the re-election theme needs to come out. And I think what he'll probably do is show, like, I'm the guy who has been working with some in the other party to get stuff done that matters to people. And I'm still working hard at that. I'm still fighting for that. While these jokers are just like a bunch of children who are working for the extreme elements of their own party with a whole bunch of political stunts. Yeah, but he's not going to say that that explicitly. He's going to be much more I think he frames that as a choice for them. Yes. Like you have an opportunity. You can give in to the most extreme elements of your party or you can work with me to solve these problems. And the message is going to be like, I'm serious. They're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I care about you. They care about power. Yeah, the most recent... Calm competence versus chaos. Right. right. The most... The, the best example we've had, that, had of that message in the last few months... It's Joe Biden standing next to Mitch McConnell doing an infrastructure event in Kentucky yes. while Kevin McCarthy is, you know, uh, promising uh, organs to, to Matt Gates uh, to get the speakership. <laughs> and, and not the organs and you, you know think. What? You know what? <laughs> you know, it, it's worth down a few right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. And, and Matt Gates got the organ he wanted. <laughs> it's worth saying. I'm so sorry, everyone. Wow. This, this, is, oh, this is a good contrast for Joe Biden, right? Because we've talked a lot about, you know, the challenge Biden's polled numbers are facing right now. That was a weird passive voice construction. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a reason. I know for White House press secretary. <laughs> the balloon has been shot down. <laughs> Mistakes among us have been made. But there was a CNN poll uh, from late in January that found that nearly three quarters of Americans think the House Republican leaders haven't paid enough attention to the most important problems that they're facing. So he Biden can play off of them in a way that I think will be beneficial to his message. We've, we've said it a million times, as has Joe Biden. Don't compare me to the almighty, compare me to the alternative. That's the whole, that's that's what he's going to go for in this speech. Oh. So that's going to be the whole re-election campaign. Yeah, and, and the story of his life. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. We've been through this uh, special hell a mm-hmm. few times, the State of the Union. What's our friend uh, Vinay Reddy, who's Joe Biden's chief uh, speechwriter, 
what's he been through these last few weeks? And uh, and what's the process like in these final 24 hours before the speech? Well, we know that even in the last 24 hours, they have the White House has said that this final message of the speech isn't done. Right. Which tells you that his life is a fucking nightmare. right now. <laughs> I just want to say last year, remember, right before the speech, they were rewriting it because of Putin's invasion. Yeah, it's tough. This is the but, second time something some foreign policy thing has upended the State of the Union right before. Right. I, if I were if I were. So I think it has been weeks and weeks of conversation. Uh, obviously, they want to tout their accomplishments. The White House put out a kind of litany of accomplishments a few weeks ago. And that I think is probably the blueprint for the for, for most of the section uh, that's looking back over the last two years. And probably it's a matter of emphasis and what they cut and what they keep. That's not easy. But I, I assume the real debate has been about what policies to announce you're pushing for and how much to lean into what you'll want to get done in Congress, how much you're going to want to do administratively uh, and how much you're saying is going to be, impo- you know, that you can't do without more support or what have you. And I assume that's been a lot of what the internal fight has been about. There's been a lot of conversation about how much to talk about things like uh, the child tax credit and other issues like that. And how did it resolve? We don't know. What about that fun, that one hopeful 30-minute meeting where you just kick around ideas about how we're all doing it different this year? No, no, yes. 30 minutes. The first, first, right, that's the first meeting, which is this year, this speech is going to be really short. It's going to be different. We're going to be punchy. (laughs) We're going to be tight. Now, who crushes those hopes? Every person uh, everyone involved. who works in the government. It's, it's like murder on the Orient Express. Every, no no one person holds the knife. Yeah. Uh, lawyers. <laughs> lawyers. What's their problem? Hey, just like the fact checkers. <laughs> they have some documents to read. They're going through uh, some ooh, classified notes. in trouble. Who we love and protected us for many right, years. They protected, yeah, right. They protected us. Yeah. No. Uh, the but yeah. I, wonder, love their probe I will say, though, for them. was like, was Biden. I have some. I wouldn't be surprised if they actually successfully have a slightly shorter state of the union. Mm. I'm not going to bet oh. it. I'm not going to predict it. We'll Let's get to predictions it. in a second. Okay. We'll get to predictions. What you're doing in these last in this last week of any sort of state of the union speech is you're fighting off cuts. I'm sorry. You're fighting for off, cuts. Yeah, fighting you're for fighting cuts, for cuts, fighting off additions. You're fighting off words. Yeah. <laughs> and you want to try to make that message come through. You're, you're pretty delirious because you haven't been sleeping. You're going through speech prep. Lud, I just want to read you a paragraph that sent a chill down my spine from the New York Times uh, story about this speech. The president huddled at Camp David yes. over the weekend oh, to no. go over the latest draft oh, of the address no. with top advisors, including Mike Donnell and Bruce Reed, Anita Dunn, and Stephen Reschetti, as well as Vinay Reddy and John Meacham. This is okay. what I was worried okay. about. This okay. is the part I was referring I did, to. Now, here's the thing. I have worked with Donnell I've taken edits from Bruce and Anita. They're all like... Great people to take edits from, I will say. Where where are we going with this? I don't know. But the idea of in the final weekend being cooped up with them at at Camp David in a room with the president and them – I'd fucking lose my mind. I, yeah, it's a lot of uh, it's it's a lot of um. I, I, and they're my, great. They're great is, people, but I lose my mind. I've been a part in a big speech like this. You, this is the the worst case scenario is ending up in a room with a bunch of advisors because here's what's ha- here's what actually happens in practice. Everybody has a conversation. The conversation ends, and then everybody and everyone says a million things, and then everyone you got that. T- yes, they turn to the speech and go like, "You got, you got that? that? You got that?" And you're sitting there, and there's just like steam coming from your head. And it's and you're- seven p.m. and everybody else wants a drink. Yeah, and it's and like they all go up for a drink. They all go up for a drink. Like you got that? You got that? You, got, you can. You got. You want to do? A, you want to do a pass? You got everyone's. At, you everyone. got everyone's comments. And by the way, everyone made a comment because. 
when you're in that room with the president of the United States, not, you got to say you gotta something. You got to make a comment. You got to because you got to be part of the. Otherwise, of why, why are you there? Why yeah. are you there? You got to say something. You got to make a, You got to make an impact. You can't you just say, some... "Oh, I think it's great." I, think I agree it's with great. what everyone else said. Yeah, you won't be at the next one. I really think you two are making too much of this. You got to just let Joe be Joe. You got to get out the yellow legal pads, and you start. Oh my goodness! I just think we got to be a little more. Grounded. We gotta, we, we're we, now we're channeling Axelrod. Yeah. This is what Axelrod would say. <laughs> I just think we're like. I think we're just we're like we're, we're got to meet the moment. We got to meet the moment. You're at a balloon. We're height. way up here, and we've got to just we got to ground it a little bit more. Uh, the other the other sad this is part. Like, this is really got, therapy. The you other guys sad are great part. at this, and I'm, I'm I leave it to you. You guys are the masters here. But the wordsmiths. The wordsmiths. Uh, yeah, it's like uh, what Jack. It, uh, it's a lot of um the Jack Donaghy line from Thirty Rock, which is uh, I'm not a writer, but do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh the uh the other the other sad I, I i think one of the most kind of it's like a it's a necessary it's a it's an admission of defeat it's the it's when the speech has now ballooned to several thousand words longer than you want it to be and you're going through and you're cutting just dependent clauses mm. and like the tightening that just sort of and you're like denudes that, it of any those, beauty those, <laughs> right yeah, yeah that's the just other lose every fucking flourish to run through every policy that's the other danger is that you get to the point where you're literally just reading policy items and like poll tested language that some advisor told you to put in yes and it is the danger but it's also i think the crux of why the state of union is an important speech that people who pay attention to politics hate and don't care about because mm -hmm. for people that do pay attention and are aware of a lot of say joe biden's accomplishments or the contours of the debate with the republicans in the house the speech is boring and probably will ultimately be unmemorable very rarely are sentences from state of the unions memorable but for people who don't check in that often it is the rare time where the president speaks to everyone and inevitably state of the unions are viewed far more negatively by the press and experts than they are by the public who sees them they inevitably pull quite well after the fact even when they are just boring fucking litanies yeah the biden folks will, as they should probably we will too will be tweeting and sending around insta polls that will be like 78 percent mm -hmm. of americans loved the speech you know which is which is great but yeah then they'll get a bunch of annoying comments on uh, on cable as as usually happens all right so let's jump back into the prediction business um with bets on how long this speech will be okay and then let's give our picks for what we think the most cliched so to take will be on Tuesday night, because there's a lot to choose from. Now, I want you to know that I wrote I, I wrote this take. Wrote is a strong word. I wrote it in my mind. I didn't take a note down. But before I read one of the Times pieces that actually was the preview that makes this, uses this cliche, but I do think the most common response will be, a president who promised unity delivers a speech at a time of incredible division. That will be the I... overall. Can he bring the country together? Probably not, but God will he try. See, I'd, my post, my number one, if we were drafting, my number one take would be Biden failed to craft a message that brought the country together. Republicans and Democrats still divided. That will be the most annoying take for me. Yeah, I think that that's those are both very possible. Um, I'm going with uh, cable anchor recites bad poll numbers, turns to pundit. Did he do anything tonight to turn things around? Oh, did, he, did he change around? Yeah. Did he change any minds tonight? Did he quiet the chorus of doubts? Okay, which which will get more, which of these subjects will be in more Republican press releases? Joe Biden's speech didn't fix inflation. Joe Biden's speech didn't bring down gas prices. Joe Biden's speech didn't secure our border. Oh, the border. border. I think the border. border. It's all about the border. border. Uh, you'll hear adult in the room, bully pulpit, soft launch about the campaign. Soft launch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There will be Maybe a, the the unofficial, too. Yes, the unofficial launch of Joe Biden's presidential campaign. I see a lot of inflection point around. There'll be a lot of inflection point. Inflection now, point. all of this is predicated on, like, in the uh, in the piece uh, in the Times, they did make a point of the fact that, like, 
it's also about Joe Biden's energy and delivery, and that will be a big mm. part of the coverage. Like, yeah. like they, age concerns. The kind did of he, pundits look around. I think pundits look was around. He and be like, did he kill? Did he? Did he just like yeah. slump over on the? Yeah. How 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 hard am I allowed to go on this based on how did he how he presented during the right. speech? Right. And if he mm-hmm. and if he you know God forbid he stumbles over a word, that'll be a whole thing. Yeah. Well, one way to make it memorable is just put a bunch of lies in there about like a rock WMD and stuff. Yeah. Right, and then it's like yeah, a timeless one. right address. He'll say the state of the state of our union has never been stronger. You think we'll get that? We'll think that like superlative. I, I think it'll be more of a strong and getting strong stronger. and getting stronger because we're building back better. Oh boy! Mm. <laughs> All right, sixty-one minutes last year. What do you think? How many minutes? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Forty-eight. Wow! I'm gonna say wow. it. Forty-eight. Forty-eight. I'm saying it. Tommy, sixty-five. That's what I have down here. Uh, you're in my getting, notes. It's you, right here in my notes. We got all, five. You we also got, wear the same fucking shoes. We got a balloon <laughs> topper. You are dressed like a what, bumblebee. What, what am I? What, what, is, what is it? <laughs> what, what am I dressed like, Tommy? Tell everybody what I'm wearing, fucking freak. Yellow shorts and a yellow tee. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks to Ron Klain for joining yeah, this yeah. pod. Sorry, uh, the speech did didn't tell, lift did, the Did he tell you what he's, what he's doing next? Does he, uh, does he want to be a co-host on Pod Save America? We didn't get does into it, but that was not the vibe I got. <laughs> Joe, Bi- Joe Biden has a taste for blood. You're welcome Part here of the anytime, speech. Ron. He's going to shoot down the Goodyear blimp. He's going to start <laughs> taking out people in those hot air balloons. Can't believe people get into those hot those air balloons. Those things are dangerous. I cannot. I, I like, wouldn't uh, do what, that. What, 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 um, people I, wear masks for two years and get in a hot air balloon? What you, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, Elijah would be very disappointed if I didn't say to all of you, we're going to be on Group Thread Tuesday. Group oh, Thread. That's right. Just go to the Pod Save America YouTube page and uh, check it out. Bye, everyone. Pod Save America is a Crooked Media production. The executive producer is Michael Martinez. Our senior producer is Andy Gardner Bernstein. Our producers are Haley Muse and Olivia Martinez. It's mixed and edited by Andrew Chadwick. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis sound engineered the show. Thanks to Hallie Kiefer, Ari Schwartz, Sandy Gerard, Andy Taft, and Justine Howe for production support. And to our digital team, Elijah Cohn, Phoebe Bradford, Milo Kim, and Amelia Montu. Our episodes are uploaded as videos at youtube.com slash podsaveamerica. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter. Where every day feels like Saturday, and french fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling, and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide, and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com.